Today we talk about what it takes to sell jewelry on Amazon. I talked to one of the most qualified jewelry experts selling on Amazon. Her name is Kristen Cherry Jackson, and she used to work at Nordstrom's, was the category managed there, uh, as well as Amazon. She was actually an employee at Amazon managing the jewelry category. So she's very qualified to talk today about what it takes to sell on Amazon and runs the company 21C Jewelry Solutions. So if you're looking to learn how to get into the jewelry category, great podcast for you. And if even if you're not looking to sell and increase your jewelry sales, there are some general great tips and practices that are interesting to learn about in today's podcast. Selling on Amazon is difficult. It's everything but passive income. I share videos like this one to help Amazon sellers on their journey. My name is Stephen Pope, and I'm the founder of My Amazon Guy. When Amazon turns your world upside down, tune into My Amazon Guy to land safely and grow your Amazon business. Welcome to the My Amazon Guy show, Kristen. Thanks for coming on. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So we've never done an episode on jewelry before, so this will be really unique and interesting, and I'm super excited to talk to you. Before we go into the details, can you tell us a little bit about your background and why you're an expert in jewelry? Yep, you got it. So I come from a fashion and e-commerce background. I, long time ago, started my career at Nordstrom, where Nordstrom actually launched Nordstrom.com during the time I was there, and I was tapped to become their first category manager. So category manager, really? wow. sort of, yeah, sort of um, oversees all the merchandise moving onto the site, helps select it. I acted as both a buyer and I did everything from buying um, men's underwear to diamond necklaces to um, those are a little unique and different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Slightly. And um, bug testing their homegrown system that they had built for merchandising products and putting them up for sale online. Everything was done from scratch there. And after spending several years there and working my th way through IT and project management and financial stuff, I was a business analyst and financial analyst for a bunch of years. And then in, uh, in 2015, I joined Amazon as their senior category merchant manager for jewelry, wow. for third-party third party jewelry. So you really know what it takes to sell jewelry on Amazon. Yeah. You, like you, yes. you have insider information. So that's right. great. <laughs> yeah. I, I led the category for three years from March 2015 to March 2018. And then I left to uh, one of the things I wasn't able to really do as much in my in my job at Amazon as I'd liked to have been able to was help sellers. I was connected with a few of the largest ones and they were continually asking for my help. And it really was not in the scope of my job to do the kinds of troubleshooting that they needed. But it was really interesting having that relationship because it sort of brought to the fore a lot of issues that sellers had. I mean, it wasn't just them having the issue, right? right. It's never just one seller. So it was nice because it helped me pinpoint trouble spots and pain points that sellers had so that I could then figure out if there was a way to fix it from the inside. So in that way, I really enjoyed my job and it was really rewarding. And when I knew I wasn't going to want to stay on with Amazon, I started looking for places to go. And that's when I decided I'm just going to consult to sellers and try to help them. And that's what I do now is consult to jewelry sellers. I might be biased on this question, but I think that's a great move. <laughs> Sellers definitely need a lot of help right now. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So, 
so you, you brought up an interesting point in this dialogue about how when you were at Amazon, you wanted to help sellers, but it wasn't in your purview. I think a lot of sellers understand that today, but there are some people that may not get that still. So can you, can you help uh, impact that a little bit further and, and like why category managers aren't dedicated to sellers, for example? Help me out. Yes. Yeah. Well, the problem with trying to help the seller is it's just one seller. And there are literally tens of thousands of sellers yeah. in any given categories. There were, there were tens of thousands of sellers in jewelry. And um, like I said, when an issue would come up once in a while where I realized this is something that's massively a pain in the ass, like I would work to see if I could fix it. But um, everything that a, a category merchant manager does at Amazon is needed, needs to be strategic and um, a, a big picture play, if you will. Yeah. So, you know, if it wasn't something that was going to gain my category 10 million or a hundred million dollars. Like it wasn't they something that I was concerning them. Yeah. Got it. Concerning okay. Myself with. And, and, and so now that you're on the consulting side, you can help Amazon sellers. So yes, um, I, I have tried to launch one, a client in jewelry on Amazon and, and we actually failed. Right. So like we, we did yeah. not make sales. That's why I'm in business. Right. Right. So <laughs> sorry I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're, you're good. You're good. There's nothing wrong with failure, by the way, guys, like yeah. for those that are listening and wondering, okay, this is the Amazon guy and he failed. What? No, no, no. That's, that's very common. <laughs> we fail yes. all the time. Uh, our, our job is to succeed as much as we can, but we don't, we don't succeed every single time. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to send you a referral to this client after our <laughs> podcast today and, and uh, send them a copy of this. They'll, they'll be keen to hear this. They're still a client with us. They just had a secondary yeah. seller account um, uh -huh. offshoot that didn't go so well. Um, and they tried influencers and they tried a few external traffic things and it just, it just it never really picked up. Okay. All right. So, mm -hmm. so maybe I guess the first question then uh, on, on the meat and potatoes today, what, what does it take to succeed and sell on Amazon in the jewelry category? Well, I actually want to pivot and do a different question first because okay. I feel like there's some background that needs to, I need to give before nothing, we can go. Nothing wrong with background, please. Yeah, yeah. So the question I'd like to answer first is what's the jewelry, what's the jewelry retail landscape like okay. on Amazon? Let's start there. So the, if it hasn't already reached about a billion dollars a year, I expect that within the next year or two, it will likely reach a billion dollars a year for just jewelry, not including watches, which is their sort of sister and brother. Sure. Um, now about, I would say it's probably evenly or so split between what we would call fashion jewelry and fine jewelry or fashion jewelry is otherwise known as costume jewelry. It's not made with silver, gold, platinum, diamonds, gemstones, or pearls. It's sure. brass. It might be plated with gold, but it's brass, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, cubic zirconia is another big um, gemstone that's the most popular one probably on Amazon that falls in the fashion category. Fine, fine jewelry is, like I said, all the precious metals and stones. So the interesting thing is that the average price point on Amazon is like not even in three figures. It's far lower than that. It's, you know, the kind of thing that you put in your shopping cart when you're at Macy's and it's like not something that like you're get, giftable almost. Yeah. 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 It's, it's little, it's giftable. It's um, we call it cheap and cheerful maybe. Um, 
And if you if you ever look in the bestsellers list, you know how to find the bestsellers list on Amazon? Sure. If you scroll down to the product details, it says this is number 755.42 out of 18 billion pro products or whatever. You click it and then you get into these bestseller lists. If you looked at jewelry, you'd see most of the products there are under $25. So that's what's really- Necklace did you give to your girlfriend, you know, yeah, yes. sure. Yeah. And, you know, those are not typically the people that come to me for help. It's typically the people that are trying to sell fine jewelry because the fine jewelry category is, whereas there's tens of thousands of sellers for jewelry overall, a tenth of those might be for fine jewelry. And the, and the reason is you have to apply for permission. And that application for permission is complicated. It's two parts. The first part is a 10 question quiz, which everybody thinks they can pass and nobody ever passes. And you have to pass with hundred percent. Wow. And the second, and that quiz, by the way, it's based on two groups of information. It's totally open book. It's not like, you know, they're sneaking questions in the, the quiz is to make sure that the people that are selling jewelry know what they're doing because Amazon has a big concern with not selling fake jewelry, not selling something that says it's gold and it's not, or it says it's a diamond and it's a cubic zirconia. And so part of the issue is that sellers need to know how to follow the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission guidelines. Now, the FTC has pages and pages of regulations that get updated every five to 10 years that describe the rules for how you advertise jewelry which includes online. So Amazon does not want to get sued by the FTC for mis having misrepresentation of jewelry that it sells. And the only way to have a defense is to say, hey, FTC, we made sure that all these sellers knew what they were doing. This quiz is part of that. So it's based on the FTC, FTC regulations and it's also based on the Amazon Jewelry Quality Assurance Standards or the AJQAS as I like to call it. So, so Amazon's raising the barriers to entry and it's not just yes. in jewelry, it's like everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. But, but that makes perfect sense in the jewelry. And, and, and by the way, I used to, uh, used to be the acquisition manager for Atmex.com, which is a precious metals company. So I can speak, mm -hmm. I can speak gold and silver with you. I cannot yes. speak jewelry with you, but I can speak <laughs> precious metals. Sure. Uh, and, uh, they, they too sell, uh, sell jewelry, but they were the number one precious metals, uh, actually number one seller on eBay in the world, believe it or not. Wow. Um, but it's a little misleading because uh, precious metals, uh, uh, as, as you probably know, have uh, a very low margin uh, when it comes to non jewelry yes. things. And so um, high quantity, yeah. Yeah. low profit, um, profit margin. So, all right. So, so back, to, back to your jewelry uh, dialogue here. So, so that's the landscape. Any, any other landscape setup to talk about? And I think we lost her. I'm going to pause. All right. So we were talking about the yeah, we lost, lost the chairs for standards. a second, uh, but now uh, go back to the landscape. Is there any additional landscape setup that people should know about with jewelry on Amazon? So, so after the after the quiz, um, new jewelry fine jewelry applicants have to send in six samples, and they get sent to a gem lab and tested and compared against what they said that the quality was. Interesting. And They're actually lab testing it. That's yes. I don't. I don't know of any other marketplace that does this. They have a, a little department that I sat right next to, that not only does um, these application tests, but also mystery shops. So there's a chance that um, 
your jewelry item could get shot by Amazon, sent to a gemological lab, tested and compared against your listing. So that makes it really paramount for jewelry sellers on Amazon to understand how to properly list their products so that they're in full compliance with all of Amazon's rules and to know the actual quality of the merchandise because it doesn't matter what you describe it as if you don't actually know the quality and you misrepresent it and they only and you know you only find out when the gem lab test comes back and i when i was cmm had that happen to some interesting very shocked sellers they were shocked i shocked i tell you <laughs> I, I, i've <laughs> Which, seen fake knows, China gold bars before i have personally held them in my hands and i've tested uh precious metals and it's, it's not too difficult to test these days. You just tap it with a little device. So, um, you know, if, if you're in the precious metals business or in jewelry, you might want to get one of those devices. It'd be my, my yeah. tip of the day. Probably the best tip I'll give. You'll give a lot better. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, problem, problem being that um, there's plating. There's plating. There's flashing, which is a very, very thin coat. There's plating. There's vermeil. There's, and there's rules around all of that and how much content has to be in the outside layer versus the you know, whatever it's plating. Very, very technical. So, so people mm -hmm. should not enter this space without some background yeah. and understanding is what you're saying. Yes. It would not be intelligent to do that. It will be a waste of money. <laughs> yes. So, so what's, uh, what's, what else, other things are different about being a jewelry seller on Amazon as compared to some other categories? Yeah. So one of the big things is the price points. So especially with fine jewelry, your price points might be a hundred dollars, $1,000, $10,000. And if you're selling a $10,000 piece of jewelry, just think about what it takes to have a successful product on Amazon. It's reviews, right? How many sales are you even going to get on a five or $10,000 piece of jewelry to accumulate the number of reviews that it would take for your product to rise to the top of search rank? So when we're talking about higher price points, sellers need to understand it's going to take time. It's going to take time and also it's going to take marketing investment because there's no way to get these products in front of people except through marketing. So we, we do very much rely heavily on marketing, especially in the beginning of a product's life in order to just get it in front of, in front of the customer, especially when we're talking about new sellers who are just getting going. They don't have any track record on their store customer service. They don't have any track record on the collection of their products. And those are the things that sort of roll up to input, be inputs into the um, algorithm for search ranking, right? It's not just about individual products. It's about the seller's whole landscape. And so these higher prices, it, it gets harder to get momentum. It just takes more time. So if you're selling products that are over $500, you're in it for the long game. You have to understand it's going to take two to three years for your store to mature. Should, should somebody be coming with lots of SKUs or less selection of SKUs in this, in this category? Right. Well, so there's, there are two things that we talk about at, in, when we talk to our clients. One is the SKU count, but then there's the style count. So when we talk about a style, that is... Um, a particular pendant, let's say, and it's shown on a detail page and it may come in multiple gemstone colors. It may come in multiple metal colors, but it's all on one page. It's one listing, one search result, and it's one style. But there may be, um, let's say if it comes in a dozen birthstones, one for every month of the year, and rose gold, white gold, yellow gold, that's 36 SKUs on that one page. So 
And, and then if, if you enter ring territory, it's practically the same as bra sizes. It's like right, yeah. huge amount of skews within a style. Cause there could be 24. I have some clients with 24 sizes per sapphire white gold ring, right? Quarter sizes, half sizes from four to you know, 10 or whatever. So yes, the number of SKUs is huge. Um, you know, I don't, I don't deal with other categories, so I don't know what's normal in other categories, but as far as style count, if you don't have at least a hundred styles, a hundred search results, like, I don't know how you're going to be making a huge debt because it just becomes harder. Like I said, part of what Amazon is looking at in its search rank algorithms is your, your actual stores, productivity and, and traffic and so, that. So. so, so manufacturing question for you. Um, where, where is most of the jewelry made these days that ends up on Amazon? Is it, is it China? Is it India? Or is there some USA made these days or? Uh, you, you hit the big three. Um, I would say China, India, US, and also um, depending on the, the type of jewelry, it could be um, Bali is another big one or Thailand, mm -hmm. right? For a lot of the silver, there's a lot of Balinese silver that comes from there. Um, but those, those three are the big three that we see. Yeah. Any, any con consumer demand for location or are they amorphous and don't care? Oh, well that one USA, you know, there's a lot of patriotism right now and everybody wants to buy American, but you're going to have higher costs. So if you're sure. talking about a large, a big ticket item and you're going to be paying thousands of dollars anyway, it may not be that big of a deal to that cu customer to spend uh, the money necessary for USA made. Um, and then Bali and Balinese silver in particular has a particular kind of style and it's typically artisan made. I, um, some of the, the jewelry coming out of India, I would call artisan made as well. Um, but other than that, I don't think that the consumer cares so much. Got it. Good, good insights. Um, <clears throat> any other unique challenges that you face selling jewelry? Um, well, so a, a big, uh, thing to know about jewelry is, so you probably have a jewelry store or five in your hometown. And if you walk in the door and you're looking at jewelry under the case, you probably rarely know what brand it is. It's just not part of our industry. Right. Unless you're talking about a store like Tiffany or Pandora or um, Cartier or Gucci, those brands make up such a small portion of jewelry sales in this country. And it's true on Amazon too. So I would say, you know, um, a very, very small percent of jewelry sold on Amazon is from big brands that you would recognize national brands. And one of the things I, I noticed, and I have a siren I can hear. <laughs> mild, keep no worries. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, in addition to, branded jewelry being a small portion of jewelry sales anyway, the very high luxury brands don't want to sell on Amazon. They're resistant to what they feel might degrade the cachet of their brand by selling on Amazon. They typically only sell on their own websites or maybe some very, very high-end boutiques or stores. So what ends up happening is the massive amount of, of jewelry skews on Amazon are what we would call unbranded. So what that means is it's easy to enter the market because it's not dominated by these brands, these major brands. If you have a, a fabulous manufacturing source and a plan for how to do your listings and marketing and all the rest of the logistics that need to happen on Amazon, 
you can you can build a great business and and the best selling brands on Amazon today in jewelry are not national brands. There, there are very few national brands that do, you know, multi-millions a year. Most of the sales um, that are, I mean, third party is, has far and away surpassed retail. So. None, none of that surprises me, by the way. Yeah. Because um, like over the years, the, the guy that's side hustling out of his garage, his closet, whatever, they're the hustlers that seem to get stuff done. And the big corporations are like, oh, we'll just put this, uh, you know, two, two word product description up and call it a day. So I've seen it. I've seen it. But uh, I think the corporations are coming around. Uh, I, think, I think they are paying more attention and, and the competition's going up though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think? And Amazon, Amazon retail doesn't do a great job with their listings either. If you pull them up, their imaging is great, but you know, images don't win SEO words went win SEO. So that is true right there. Right? <laughs> Content is king. Yep. So yeah, they, they have a long way to go and I don't know that they're ever going to get there, but, um, and that's where, <laughs> you know, we <laughs> they're probably focused on other categories to be honest, right? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the other day, like yeah. Amazon pantry, um, is closing shops. So, um, they might, Oh, be- wow. I'm yeah. That's have new. To buy my favorite cashews then. Oh no. I've got got a big box of cashews (laughs) in my desk right here. All right. Uh, I have no idea where we bought them. I'll have to ask the wife. Um, Okay, cool. So uh, let's talk, let's talk mistakes. So obviously the application process, you mentioned some of that. Is there any other core mistakes that people make when they're, when they're trying to list jewelry or, or trying to grow their sales that you see? Yeah, I think uh, skimping on marketing is one. People, just don't understand what I talked about, which is that um, in jewelry in particular, it may not be like this in all other categories, but you really need to be willing to make an investment in marketing. We tend to focus on Amazon marketing because everybody's already there. (laughs) You know, might as well spend the, the money on Amazon marketing rather than Facebook or other places because we know that people are already shopping. So that's one. Um, let's see. Another one might be, I think people might not understand the way people search for products. You know, you really have to think like a shopper when doing your SEO in jewelry and think about like the fact that this bride has been searching for the perfect engagement ring (laughs) or whatever for like a year and a half, maybe before she even got her boyfriend and she has got a specific design in mind and she is typing in those keywords that, that are specific to the design and the style of that ring um, you know, you, you have to be savvy about the keywords you're using in your bids to get those shoppers that are looking for exactly what you have to show them. You know, it's, it can be really, really effective and targeted. So, so what you're saying, if I can translate that, is segmentation and longer tail keyword structures might have a bigger importance in jewelry mm-hmm. category. Yeah. I mean, because when you're talking about a category that has you know, I'm just going to take a wild guess. And like, I've been away from Amazon for three years. You have to take the things I say with a grain of salt. Um, like my, my uh, non-disclosure agreement has long since lapsed. <laughs> and there's a reason for that. My, my information is not current, but I'll, I'll tell you that there are somewhere between 10 million and a hundred million SKUs within jewelry. Like that's a lot. It's, it's a lot. So for you to, it, yeah, being savvy about SEO is important because if somebody types in silver ring, probably half of the jewelry on Amazon meets that criteria, <laughs> right? In their search terms. So, you know, 
you and if you're if you're selling fine jewelry and we know that the vast majority of jewelry sold on Amazon is fashion or costume jewelry and you're trying to sell fine jewelry you really have to think about like negative keywords getting rid of like use the negative keywords strategically so that you're not sending your ad impressions to people that are never going to buy your stuff right you're unique on this hill, I might add. I, I talk to agencies all the time, especially PPC agencies. They're very against negations, most of them. I, I am very pro-negation because I like to be very specific. And l- let's give an example to this. So go into a little bit more detail on the silver ring and why you'd want to negate that. Like if you can give a little detail. Yeah, you got it. So, you know, of the, of the people buying a ring that would qualify as silver ring, um, First of all, the average silver ring sold on Amazon is probably $10. Now, if I'm selling a silver ring and it happens to have a gemstone in it, like I know that that's like a 1%, 1% edge case. So, you know, if you, if you, and then the other piece is silver isn't just a material. It's a color. color. Same with gold. Gold and silver are both color names. So what you get is for the vast majority of silver rings sold on Amazon, they're actually not sterling silver, they're just silver color. But when people search for that, they don't type sterling silver, they type silver. So we know that like all the people that are selling a silver tone ring, their products are showing up in that keyword search, right? So it it just becomes really important to think about like, if I were to search for silver jewelry online, I mean, I always tell people, if you're doing keywording on an ad, campaign do the search on amazon and see what comes up that you don't want there like another great example is there happens to be a form of art right now called diamond painting it's these tiny little like sequins or rhinestones and you pick them up with a special stylus and you it's like cross stitch or paint by number. You take the red one and you put it, put it where the red one belongs. You take the blue one and you put it where the blue one belongs with like glue or something like that. I don't even know. I think maybe the surface is sticky, but they stick all these rhinestones on. It's diamond painting. Well, diamond painting is like way more popular of a search than, than diamonds on Amazon. So like you don't want people to get art kits <laughs> like when they're searching for, you know, blue diamond or whatever, you know. So it just got to got to negate those Disney princess characters and those paintings totally. coming up. All right. All right. So yeah. I, I think you impacted that quite well. Um, <laughs> any other wisdom that you want to, uh, to help people out? So like you, you don't have to talk jewelry on this question. Just going to open a little bit more generically here. Give me any tip that somebody could do today in 10 or 15 minutes to increase their Amazon sales. Oh gosh. Um, so I'll just talk about uh, one of my favorites and that it really applies to um, fashion more than anything. So that's, you know, a segment and that is be mindful of um, where is your product in its life cycle? You know, when your products start out, they don't have any reviews then they start getting accelerated and they get a few reviews. And after a while, they're sort of organically appearing at the top of search rank. Well, in jewelry, it's typical for us to have styles that contain, it's like a family and it's a parent ASIN and it's you know a dozen or, or so children underneath it. Now, the question is, do you group them all together on one page or do you want 12 search results and you want those 12 items to each have their own listing so they're not grouped under a parent? Or maybe you choose to group um, all the white gold stuff together 
all the yellow gold stuff together and all the rose gold stuff together. And maybe there are, you know, four different gemstones within each of those three listings. There's a strategic way to think about this where, you know, if, if at the beginning of the product life cycle, when none of them have any reviews, group them all together under one listing because I love as they get a review, it, it rises, it's a rising tide that lifts the whole ship of 12, right? So you get one, two, three reviews. If you get one review on one, one review on another, one review on a third, suddenly that group has three reviews and it rises higher in search. Later on, when each of the children has, you know, five or 10 reviews, then you can split them apart and you can create multiple search results. See what I'm saying? So I want to, I want to impact this further because this is a great tip, by the way. So what people don't understand when it comes to parentage, when you type in a phrase that any one of those items in the parentage could show up for, you share the rankings together. And so if you could possibly dominate the same search term with multiple products, in your tree, it behooves you to break them out of the parentage. And I'm very pro parentage, but I, I hundred percent agree with your tip today that uh, it depends on where you are in the life cycle, because if you are having multiple mature listings that can produce on their own, it makes mm -hmm. perfect sense to break them out. Totally. Absolutely. But until then it totally doesn't. And the other great thing that, that, um, happens when you've got grouped listings where you've got a parent grouping multiple is um, like we, we have a client who is having a, tr uh, having trouble with a particular product. They sell it's probably their best selling product. It's a chain. It's a simple gold chain. It's inexpensive for a gold chain, which is why it's so popular, but it's very thin, very thin. It's super mm -hmm. delicate and it breaks and they keep, you know, it is it not, a, not that it breaks so much, but I mean, people just aren't used to dealing with fine jewelry. It might be their first gold chain. They don't realize how they need to handle it with care more so than a, you know, a $5 item they got at Walmart, right? So there's that problem. And there's also the problem of it's just really difficult to show scale in a photo. Like one of the things we do for all our customers is oh, add an wow. on, on model photo, because depending on how big the zoom is, mm. that tiny little chain could look way more significant in the in the shopper's mind. Right. So what, what ends up happening is that occasionally this chain gets suspended because of customer complaints. If it's too small. High, high or, service rate in this. Category. Yeah. 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 So mm -hmm. it gets suspended, but lucky for us, like, let's say that Amazon decides this hasn't happened. We've been able to get it reinstated every time with a little, you know, plan of action and, right. and helping the listing. Um, but we know that eventually it's likely that one of these ASINs is going to just get yanked permanently. But when that happens, we can add it back. And because it's part of a family, it's going to be seamless. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you it's, relaunch it. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So this, this is a unique question. I've never asked this question before. You, you know, don't feel pressure to answer it. Um, what do you think a lot of Amazon experts get wrong? Uh, well, in the jewelry category, they just don't think like customers for jewelry specifically. Like you have to think like a shopper. You have to think like a shopper in terms of the images that you're showing. Like I said, like I want to see it on a body. That's really important. Um, I, I think they don't like, we have one client who has a lot of key, um, what do you call it? Trademarked 
names for their collections and designs. And they really love these trademark names they've come up with, but people aren't searching on them. They're searching on the regular words that they know. So you just, you need to think like a customer and it's, if you can do that and, and get into the mind of how the customer is shopping, your SEO will improve, your listings will improve. Yeah. I, I can buy into that. And that makes perfect sense. All right. So yeah. if somebody is interested in getting in touch with you because they want to launch their own jewelry brand on Amazon, what is the best way to do that? Uh, e-commerce at 21C, the number 21 in the letter C, jewelrysolutions.com. And we named our company 21C Jewelry Solutions because the jewelry industry is really ancient, like really ancient. Like I went to the Met Museum and there's like jewelry everywhere. It's amazing. And it's thousands of years before Christ, like really old. Lots of our clients are third and fourth generation. What you will see happening a lot is um, jewelry has been in their family for generations and the father or grandfather owns the company. The granddaughter or grandson is going to eventually take over and their first job to get their feet wet working for dad or grandpa is why don't you handle online so we get a lot of those kinds of clients and in in general there's a real hesitancy within the jewelry industry to going online because it's luxury because it's hard to do a good job yeah yeah but so, if you're not on Amazon, you're not relevant. So that's, that's yeah, me saying yeah, that, not you. Exactly, right? <laughs> um, they all want to build their own website. They just, you know, they aren't thinking big. So 21C Jewelry Solutions wants to help bring all jewelry merchants into the 20th century, 21st century. So that's what the C stands for, a century then? 21C, yeah, yeah 21st century. Very cool. Right? Well, well, Kristen, it was, it was great having you on the podcast. Um, very fascinating information, unique perspective, and probably the most qualified jewelry expert I will ever talk to. Um, so <laughs> thank, thank you for shedding some value today on our podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. That's the My Amazon Guy podcast today. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And if you know somebody that's in the jewelry business, forward this podcast their way. They'll find a lot of value in it. This was the My Amazon Guy podcast with Stephen Pope. Each episode helps you grow your sales on Amazon through ideas on traffic and conversion rate improvements. Hit that subscribe button right now to tune in each week. And if you need more help, go to myamazonguy.com.